Nesong was used to death. She was even used to having death follow her from place to place, content as a pup on the heels of its master. But she hadn't counted on it coming for her throat. I told you they'd be after me, Roggin hissed. She clutched his arm, pulling him close so she could whisper into his ear. Quiet. Loji crouched on her other side in the ruins, a soft whine in his throat. Roggin shrugged off her hand. Take it out. You wanted to wait? Fine, the time is now. She wanted to walk away and to keep walking until she had no idea where she was or where he was, no matter how hard she'd worked to find him after the battle at Geelong. Several months of scraping by, of avoiding discovery, of frenzied searching in the midst of grief. She'd tracked him to a drinking hall, though it had taken her a moment to recognize him. He'd smelled of sour sweat, his once shorn hair grown over his ears. He hadn't been wearing the monk's robes anymore. He'd traded those in for farmer's clothes, all in brown and faded white, with a straw hat to hide his face. It had taken a long time for them to come to an understanding. He'd fought her every step of the way, convinced he didn't need to rely on anyone, least of all a construct. But she was the only one other than Lin who could remove the shard from his body, and she dangled this knowledge like a fishing lure, teasing and pulling away, waiting for him to finally bite. Not that she'd removed it yet. There had been a few times she'd considered doing so, but each time she'd stopped. This was the only lever she held over him. His breath warmed her ear. You've left it in me for two years now. If you don't take it out, we'll both die here. Nisong clenched her teeth until she felt they might crack. He just needed to stop talking. For a moment, he was blessedly silent, and then she heard it again, the soft brush of bodies slithering through underbrush. If it had been raining, she wouldn't have heard that first cracking twig. They'd have sat in their little campsite in the Alanga ruins, the sky slowly going dark, blissfully unaware of the people sneaking up on them, arguing until their throats were slit. Admittedly, she'd at first dismissed his insistence that someone was hunting down the Alanga. When they'd heard of the tenth Alanga death, he'd begged and pleaded. They'll come for me next, he'd said, drunk, tears in his eyes, his hands held out to her. Do you want to be responsible? How can I defend myself if I cannot kill those who would kill me? By then, she'd had to readjust her viewpoints. Someone was assassinating Alanga. She just wasn't sure who. Still, she resisted removing the shard that Lin had placed into Ragan's body. She knew by now how quickly he could turn from kindness to anger if she didn't give him what he wanted. Nisong could still feel his fingers around her throat as he'd threatened her after that first time, trying to force her to do what he'd asked. She'd only laughed. He couldn't do anything more than apply light pressure to her neck. His intention was always to kill, never to injure. In this way, he was so predictable. 
The command Lin had placed in him always stopped him. Lodzi pressed against her side, and Nisong stroked the beast's cheek absentmindedly. Better if the creature could calm down enough to help them. He'd grown to the size of a pony and looked quite intimidating now, but he still cowered around men. He still cowered around Ragan. <laughs>